thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are our ever-present help in times of need. Thank you, Lord, that you do not change. Thank you, Lord, that you are surrounding your people at this time. Thank you, Lord, that you are so close to us. There is no distance, no distance between you and us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your hope, Lord, at this time. Thank you that you are the God of hope. Oh, thank you, Lord. Today, I would love to be able to just share a couple of prophetic words with you that have come through this week to the community. The prophetic is so wonderful. It brings God's perspective and it brings health. And um, at a time like this, we clearly need to hear what the Lord is saying. So I just want to share two words that um, God highlighted. The first one is from Isaiah 40, verse 31. And this is what I really heard God saying to me. He said, those that wait upon the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and they will rise up on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not grow faint. And God was just speaking to me about this as an opportunity during this time to wait upon him, to draw near to him in a way that maybe we haven't been able to for a very long time. And he is saying to us as his children, if you will wait upon me, if you will wait upon me and draw near to me at this time, then I will renew your strength. He is giving his church a supernatural strength to run and to walk and to fly if necessary, to rise up. Whatever the pace is required, he's giving us that supernatural strength to enable us to do that. But he is saying, church, wait on me. And then the second wonderful word that came through was from Lynn. And Lynn was uh, feeling very much uh, the same thing. And God spoke to her out of Psalm 29. And he spoke to her about his voice. And uh, I'm going to read to you Lynn's word because it's a powerful word from God for us at this time. So Lynn said, she read Psalm 29 and God said to her, there is a sound. The airwaves are currently filled with the news of the COVID virus and people have been speaking in agreement with fear. But God said, however, this is not the only sound. God said, the voice of the Lord is upon the nations of the earth and he will have the final say. Jesus used his voice and spoke to the storm and it ceased. And he has given us, the church, his authority to call forth things that are not as though they are on earth as it is in heaven. Lynn said that God said, as his ambassadors, we need to use our God-given authority at this time and speak the words that God is speaking. We need to listen to what he is saying and release heaven sound over the earth. And as we walk in his authority, he says he will, by his spirit, bring a demonstration of his power against this virus. The Lord will give strength to his people, which is exactly what God was saying in the Isaiah scripture as well. And the Lord will bless his people with peace. 
So I just want to encourage all of us at this time. The prophetic is so powerful. Our friends, our neighbors, our communities need to hear the voice of the Lord. So I want to urge you, spend time with God, wait on him, pray these prophetic words into being and then put action to them. And let us draw our strength from God and let us be. Thank you. So you can see it's awkward for all of us doing this live stream thing and how do we do it with microphones and, and all this kind of stuff. I hope that, you know, week by week I'm going to get more comfortable with it. To be honest with you, I kind of feel like I did the first Sundays when I had to preach at Dolphin and it was like, I, I, you know, I'd been usually been meeting with people in my living room and I was used to that nice format and now I was suddenly on a microphone in front of people and I found it so strange. And honestly, right now I find this really weird. So, uh, you know, it's... Great to be here, though. It's great to be able to communicate with you. And so you have grace for me as we, uh, as we do this this morning. And uh, we're just trusting God to move powerfully in our lives through what we're doing and for many people to be touched and many people to be impacted. If you're watching this morning and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you know, you don't, you don't really know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I just want to encourage you that as you're listening to the word this morning, that you would just allow God to really speak to you. That you would open yourself up. If maybe you're in a place where you're like, I really don't know who Jesus is. I don't really know if Jesus is real. And I just want to encourage you just even to pray the prayer of, of God, if Jesus is real, if he really is the son of God, that I just want that reality to come into my life. And you invite Jesus in to your life this morning. Invite him to come into your life and you'll be amazed at, at what he does. And you'll be amazed at how he meets you in the place. He's the one that gives us the ability even to have faith. So if you will be willing to invite him in and to draw close to him, he is more than willing to draw close to you. So uh, this morning we want to we wanna talk about and pray for a number of different things. Um, you know, we started a week ago with, oh my goodness, you know, schools are closing for a couple of weeks and different things. And over the week has gone on, different things have been shutting down. And the reality that the government officials are telling us now is, look, this is not going to be weeks. This is probably going to be months that things are going to be like this. And, uh, you know, that's just a reality that we're facing in the world. We haven't faced anything like this except for the, you know, 1918 Spanish influenza. And this is, you know, something that is our generation has never faced. And yet, as I've been talking with people, we're more equipped than we've ever been in history to face something like this. We can talk online. We're not all isolated from one another. You know, we're able to connect. And so let's use the tools available to one another so that we can be building each other up, that we can be encouraging one another. But also ask that we be wise. You know, there is wisdom in us listening to government officials. There's wisdom in us socially distancing and, uh, from each other and for us, you know, not taking unnecessary risks. And so I really want to encourage you that, you know, in this time that we would be honoring and praying for our government officials, we'd be praying for them to have wisdom, and we'd be honoring what it is they're asking of us. We've got to remember that God has put our government officials in authority over us, and we need to honor them that way. And so I just encourage you, really take seriously the things they're telling us, take seriously when they're asking us to so be socially distant from one another, when they're asking us to isolate, if you've traveled, maybe Make sure you've quarantined yourself. And for, those, and for each, each and every one of us, let's be there for one another in whichever ways we can be. Amen? So I got a couple of prayer points for us uh, this morning. 
and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them out. I was having an uh, amazing conversation with my brother yesterday, who is um, fairly high up in the pharmaceutical industry, and he was just telling me about some of the things going on and some of the stuff that he's been reading and, and, and what's happening. And from that conversation, like, there was just a few things that God highlighted for me as prayer points for us as a community. So I'm going to ask us to be praying into these things, not just today together, but to highlight these things for prayer for you know, these coming weeks. Uh, the first one is that this virus would mutate and become not infectious anymore. So apparently, the viruses do mutate, that each time that someone gets infected, there's a possibility of it changing and mutating, and that as they mutate, they, they can do different things. And one of those things is that a virus can stop being infectious. And so for us right now, let's just declare that over COVID-19. Lord, we just, we just pray and declare that COVID-19 would stop being infectious, we, we, in your name, Jesus, we pray that it would mutate and would stop infecting people, that it would be stopped in its tracks. And we just stand with you, God. We know that your supernatural power, this is not outside of you, and we just want to partner with you in this COVID-19 ending, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the second interesting thing about the times that we live in is my brother was telling me that they have taken the IBM supercomputer called Summit, and what they've done is they've put data into it to compare 8,000 known drug, drugs and compounds that are already pre-approved uh, for use. And they've run simulations with that against this virus to find out what, which compounds would be most effective in, in, in treating this virus. And so because of the power of the supercomputer, they were able in two days to do something that would have taken many months for them to do in the past. And what they were able to do is to narrow down these 8,000 compounds to 77 compounds that would be most likely to, uh, in, to uh, stop this virus, not as a vaccine, but as in a treatment for the virus. And so there are scientists working right now around the world with these 77 compounds doing testing in petri dishes, and then it moves on to animal testing, and then with, apparently in mice, and then they'll, from there it moves on to, to human trials if it looks effective. And so what we want to pray is just for God's wisdom and a quick finding of compounds that will treat this virus. And so let's, together, let's pray for that. And so, Lord, just again in your name, we thank you that these people can have your wisdom. And we pray for godly wisdom to come over the scientists that are working. We thank you for them, God. We thank you that they're, they're working hard, working diligently right now. And we just pray for your wisdom to, into each and every one of their lives, that they would be able to quickly identify now, what already pre-approved drugs would be effective against this virus and that would be able to treat it effectively. We, just, we ask that right now in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. This is also, you know, we see around the world what's happening and there is, there's, there's a lot of fear in people. There's fear because of what's, of what's happening economically. As, as Thomas was saying, people are being laid off from their jobs. Uh, you know, we just heard about all the auto industry 
here in Ontario that all the plants are being shut down. And there's a lot of stores that have been shut down. There's a lot of people that, have been, that are very vulnerable financially that are being affected by this. And we want to thank our government for the fact that they're reacting and they're responding here in Canada, in Ontario, that they're deferring payments on things, they're putting aid packages together, they're creating ways that people can, that wouldn't qualify for unemployment insurance can quickly uh, uh, apply and qualify for some of these aid, pa aid packages. So to our government, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that you're intervening. But we also want to pray for supernatural protection for our community and not only the Lifehouse community, but for those around us and that we would, that God would protect the finances, you know, of people. Uh, we, we pray that for everyone that's watching. We want to pray that for everyone that's part of Lifehouse and that we would just see God moving supernaturally in this time, financially in people's lives. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are, as Josh said this morning, Jehovah Jireh, that you are the one who is our provider. And we pray for supernatural provision for people in this time. We pray that you would be meeting the needs of people, that where we are fearful of what's going to happen to the economy, God, we pray for strategic um, decisions by our leaders. We pray for even new economic strategies that would come in, that we would see the economies of the world reordered in an even better way. That, Lord, we would see prosperity that would flow through this time when, when it would seem that there would be no prosperity, and that we would see the needs of people met. Lord, we pray for those that do have jobs. We just pray for abundance to come. I heard an amazing testimony from someone that was just asking, and I thought their, their business would be slowing down at the moment. They're like, actually, we just had the best week ever. And so, Lord, we pray for many testimonies of that where people actually are for, you know, having supernatural best week ever with their businesses and, and with finances, and that we would just see, you know, the generosity poured out, that people that have needs, that those needs would get met. Um, and we would just see wealth being distributed by you all over the place so that everyone's needs would be taken care of in this time. We also pray for the physical health of people. You know, Lord, you are our healer. And I just really feel like if you're sick out there right now, whether it's COVID-19 or whether it's something else, we want to pray for healing for you right now. So I just want you to, to I want to first remind you that Jesus is the healer. So it, it doesn't matter if you're not in a room where someone can lay hands on you or if there aren't anybody else around you. But, you know, if there are, if you're there with your family, then they can lay hands on you right now and just, and as we pray, if you're, if you're not well. But, you know, again, it's not their family members that are the ones doing the healing. It is Jesus. He is our healer. And so we just remember that, that by Jesus, by his stripes, we've been healed and that we can put our faith and trust in Jesus as a healer in this time, and we trust him for supernatural healing. And so if right now you're in need of healing, we're going to pray for you. So Lord, we just release your healing right now in Jesus' name. We release healing over those that are, that are infected by this virus, by COVID-19. We pray for supernatural healing for you right now in Jesus' name. We pray for people that are vulnerable at this moment in time that may have some of those chronic conditions, that they wouldn't operate from a place of fear, but that they would just be, we pray for healing for those conditions as well as protection against this virus for them in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, that anyone, regardless of the sickness or disease that they have at this moment in time, we just pray healing and your release of your healing over each and every one of them in Jesus' name. 
just because he's bringing to mind, my wife has a shoulder injury that keeps bugging her and, and has been there for, since a car accident from years ago. We right now, for that shoulder injury and for other shoulder injuries, right now, we just, in faith, we just declare healing over those injuries in Jesus' name. So if you're on this uh, live stream, or even if, if you're, not, you're not watching it live, you're watching it after the fact, and you experience healing this morning, please send in your testimony. Either put it in the comments right now, or, or send an email into us at info at lifehouse.ca, because we want to be, be able to share the testimonies of how God is moving in each and every one of our lives. Amen? Awesome. Well, we have been talking about discipleship as a church. And this morning, I want to talk about discipleship, but I want to talk about it. I'm going to go off our our series a little bit today because I really want to address the situation we're in. Because discipleship, we've got this incredible opportunity that God is giving us right now. And that opportunity is where we are, have all been forced to quiet our lives down. You know, all those outside activities that we do, they've been shut down. You know, we, uh, many, many of us are working from home. And so for a lot of us, life has changed differently. And, and for a lot of us as well, there might be people that, you know, you haven't been together as a family like this in a long time. You know, and it can be a time that starts wearing on people's nerves, you know, as, as you're together and, you know, and you're stuck in closed quarters. And so it's really important in these times that we learn really to practice peace in God and really to draw our strength from him and, and just really to, to not operate from a place of fear and not p- operate from a place of anxiety or anguish, but that we would be operating from a place of his peace. And so there's some real important strategies that we can be using that I want to talk about in this time. But before I go there, I want to just recap some of the points that Richard made from last week because he gave an incredible message. If you were uh, not here or online with us last week, just go back onto our YouTube or our Facebook page or um, our website and listen to Richard's preach from last week because it was outstanding. But I'm just going to look at a couple of key points that, uh, that he brought up last week. And he said that we have a part to play in following Jesus. And he shared these key points. One that one of our parts to play is that we would build sound uh, and solid doctrine. That we would build sound and solid doctrine. And we do that by reading scripture. Scriptures to back that up are 2 Timothy 2.15 and 1 Peter 3.15. We, we want to be solid in this time. You know, I, I want to address something in, actually in that line that's, that's not sound doctrine that's going a lot, around a lot on the internet and Facebook and social media. And it's, it's where we, we see often in times of crisis that people start quoting, you know, the scripture that if we'll humble ourselves and pray and that God is going to heal our land. You know, actually, if we'll humble ourselves, repent and pray that God will heal our land. And the, the difficulty in the doctrine of that is that it's a suggestion that God has sent this virus. Now, the context of the scripture that we're quoting was a time when there was something that God had sent. He said, look, because of your rebellion, because of what's going on, that, uh, that this is what's happened. But if you'll humble yourself and repent of your wicked ways and come back to me, then I'll heal your land. There was something real specific that God was addressing in that time when we understand that scripture in context. 
At this moment, this isn't a time where God has sent COVID-19 and we need to humble ourselves because God has sent this disease. And it's really important that we have an understanding of that, that, that God has not done this. This is not God that sent COVID-19 onto the land. It's not him that is, is spreading this disease. In actual fact, that he's the one that is here to be the healer, that he, the, when we would go to God, it's got to be coming from a place of strength. It's got to be a place, we always as disciples need to be humble before God. As disciples of Jesus, our constant state needs to be one of humility. And so if you're in a place where, where you need to humble yourself just as a disciple so that Jesus is your Lord, that's a really good thing. But God's not asking us as, as Christians to humble ourselves and pray for the land so that it would, you know, that he would bring healing. He wants to bring healing already. He wants to do it through you and me. And that happens by us being humble, by us being confident in who we are in Christ, as having sound doctrine and sound understanding, that we can take scripture that is God-breathed, but we can put it in its proper context. Paul said that all scripture is good and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting. And, and we've got to, when, when wrong scripture, you know, scripture is presented in the wrong way, we've got to be willing to say, hey, brother, sister, you know, friend, we... we we need to correct our, our thinking on that. We've got to have a New Testament, Christ-centered understanding. The scripture that people are quoting is from the Old Testament. It is God-breathed scripture. It is useful for teaching, but let's teach it in its proper context. Should we humble ourselves as Christians? Absolutely. Every single one of us needs to be humble before God. Should we be praying? Absolutely. Let's partner with God. Let's be listening to God. Let's be praying what he wants to pray. Our job is not to bring judgment on the world. We're not, it's not, we're not the declarers of judgment. We're not here to repent for the sins of, of the past or, or other, other, when I say sins of the past, in other words, sins of the nation or things along those lines. Our role as Christians is to reflect God, to be the light to the world, to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, that our light needs to shine in this time. We need to be beacons of hope to people. We need to be spreading hope. We need to be spreading joy. We need to be saying to our friends and family members that even though this looks like a mess that God is bigger than all of it and that we you know we can trust in Jesus to for our lives we can trust in Jesus for our families and that we can be bringers of hope to all those around us so sound doctrine incredibly important especially in times like this second we need to be obedient to what he instructs us you know, and as followers of Jesus, this obedience is important. It's why I'm saying to you at this moment in time, we are disobedient to God if we do not listen to the government authorities at this moment in time. They are not telling us to do something ungodly. They're not telling us to stop preaching. They're not telling us to stop, you know, speaking about God. In actual fact, I think the government officials would be thrilled to know that we're praying for them, thrilled to know that we're willing to serve in whichever capacity, but they as well incredibly thrilled to know that we are listening and we are obeying as citizens and going, yeah, we are not going to be, be spreading this virus. If you could see what I see in the room around me, you know, we've got, there are the people that were here on the worship team, but you could see they were spread out on stage and they're all spread out around the room at this moment in time. We're not sitting together in a clump because while we've come together to make sure that we're able to bring the gospel to you, we've just brought a skeleton crew of people together and they're all, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to uh, stay far away from one another so that we're not part of the problem, we're part of the solution. And I, I encourage you, please do the same. 
You know, don't go out unnecessarily. Don't ignore things. Don't say, oh, well, Jesus is going to protect me and invite people over to your house. There's no wisdom in that. You know, we've got to be people that will, that will listen and honor because this is an unprecedented situation for our generation. That is not a lack of faith. We've got to be a people of faith in this time, but we've got to be a people of obedience, obedience to God and obedience to those that God has put over us. So it's so important. But then in our obedience to God, you know, this is thing of us being obedient to God. Scripture there, John 14, 15, and us being these obedient Christians to Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. This is part of our journey as well, like obedience to his word. It's why we've got to know his word. Part of this as well, point three from Richard's preach, is that we are to deny ourselves and carry our cross. You know, and, and when Jesus said that, again, Richard spoke on this. I don't want to re-preach his preach on this point. But in this time, you know, part of our denying ourselves and carrying our cross is, is that you know, social distancing so, uh, that, that we're doing. As well, part of this is us being, uh, you know, recognizing that you know, there's people in need around us. And we've got to listen to God and do what it is that he's asking us to do, whether it's help people financially, be praying for people, whatever we can be doing. You know, this, this is a time when it's not about us. And it's, you know, a lot of anxiety and depression can come into our lives when we end up focused on ourselves. We end up focused on the impact that things are having on us. But if we will, if we'll put our focus onto Jesus and we'll put our focus onto others, it's such an amazing thing. Fourth point from Richard was that we need to pursue an intimate relationship with him. I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning, that we're to embrace the love of Jesus and to live spirit-led lives. And those ones are going to lead into what we can do as we are socially distancing from one another, as we're in our homes, as we're not able to go out the way that we were before. You know, how can we use this time effectively to grow in our relationship with God? So let's chat a little bit about that. I'm going to go back to a scripture here, Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. And Jesus in these scriptures says, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavenly laden, heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, we've all at this moment in time been brought under a, a less of a yoke, a lighter yoke. And we don't have to commute. We have, we have way more time than we've had before. And that's happening to us in the physical. But, but part of our journey is recognizing that in the spiritual, when we are followers of Jesus, there is always a light yoke. And if we're not experiencing that, then we've got to reevaluate our walk with God. We actually need to reevaluate our relationship with God. Because Jesus' promise wasn't that sometimes it's easy. He said, you know, when you can come to me all who are heavily laden and burdened, and you will find rest for your soul. It means every single one of us as followers of Jesus should be able to find rest for our souls in our relationship with him. It should be a relationship that's free of fear, free of anxiety, free of stress. You know, because we recognize that he loves us. We recognize that Jesus has paid the price for sin, that he's not holding things against us. 
that he's not driving us and going, oh, well, you've got to perform in order for me to be loved. You've got to do all these different things in order for you to be loved by me. He's like, no, I love you just as you are. And I've, not only do I love you just as you are, but I've made a way for you to come into healing and wholeness so that the effects of sin on your life, the effects of living in this world, get washed away for you. Get, they get, you get washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And, and that this is something that he does. You know, that when we come to him, when we learn to trust in him, he's the one that washes sin away. He's the one that actually renews our mind. Our job is to put our focus on him to learn to delight in him, to learn to, to rest in him so that we can experience, you know, that life that we're meant to live, which is that easy yoke. That doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble or you're not going to have hardships or you're not going to have difficulties. There may be people that are listening right now going, hey, listen, I just lost my job. It does not feel like an easy yoke. I'm not sure how my bills are going to get paid. And the thing that we've got to be trusting in is that through God and his church and through that he has a solution for each and every one of us. That even though we may be experiencing difficulties, we can actually take our burdens to Jesus and we can say to him, I don't know what to do. And he can help provide us with an answer and solution. When we do that from a place of humility, when we do that from a place of being teachable, when we're willing to do whatever it is that God says, he can provide us with supernatural solutions. Because we're able to draw wisdom from him. And if the one that created this universe that is beyond our understanding cares about you intimately and individually, he knows how. If he can create a universe, he knows how to solve your problems. He knows how to partner with you and help you untangle the mess you might find yourself in. And he knows the antidote to the fear that you're experiencing. But in order for us to experience that, we've got to have a relationship with God where we can, you know, hear from him where we actually have take the time to listen to what it is that he's saying. That when we read scripture, we don't just read it really quickly, but that we actually get to know the words and the life and the rhythms of Jesus. That we find true rest for our souls in him. That our first response when we are stressed is not to turn to alcohol. It's not to turn to drugs. It's not to turn to pornography. It's not to turn to eating or it's not to turn to exercise or work or any other vice that we may have that, that tries to take the place of God in our life. But that what we would do is we would train ourselves to actually first and foremost go to Jesus. That we would go to him. We'd be, we would talk with him. We'd allow him into our lives. We'd allow him to be the one that would take these burdens of the world and replace them with the easy yoke that comes with a relationship with him. You know, we've, we've got to follow him in that way. He loves us. You know? 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 10 to 11, it tells us, says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm condensing it. It says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. It's incredible. And after that, he goes on and says, you know, work with your hands so that, you know, you won't be dependent on anybody and that your, your life will be a testimony to those around you. But we're to live a quiet life. I don't know about you, my life is anything but quiet. And unfortunately, I'm a type A workaholic personality. And so this is not an easy journey for me in learning to live a quiet life. 
But I've realized what I've tried to do for so many years in my life is tried to fit Jesus into my way of how I think the world is supposed to be. And God is so gracious that he meets us in that place. And it's not that God's been, you know, not working in my life, but he's starting to teach me, like, how actually he wants me to live. He's starting to teach me how to slow down. And I've maybe got 10% of it right now in figuring that out. But I'm on this journey with Jesus at the moment where, where I want to live that quiet life. I want to experience that easy yoke that, that he has for me and that my soul would be at a constant place of rest regardless of what is going on around me. And I want that for you too. I want that for each and every one of us at LifeHouse and any one of us that's watching this live stream at this moment in time, that we would be a people that understand how to live in the rhythms of Jesus. We'd use this time that we have where, where the world is on pause around us, where we can learn a whole new rhythm. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this time. I think you know, our lives are going to radically change in this time if we will use the time well. We can use the time poorly. We could use the time and just spend it all in front of the TV or in front of video games or, or you know, doing other kinds of things that we could do online that are unhelpful. Uh, or we could use this time to draw close to Jesus. You know, we could be like, okay, God, I, I really, I'm going to learn what it's like to spend time just one-on-one -on -one with you. You know, I'm going to actually fight for that. You know, where it's not that I've got to cram a bunch of knowledge into my head. It's incredible. I was reading something in the last couple of days. And it was saying that from the time of Jesus until the 1500s, knowledge doubled. So it took 1500 years from what the knowledge they had at the time of Jesus until the year 1500 for knowledge to double. At this point in time in history, they estimate that knowledge doubles in the world every 24 hours every 24 hours. And so, I, I, I think I heard just someone say that's wrong. I'm not sure. <laughs> I may have that stat wrong. I'm not sure. But it's, it's something crazy. Whether it's every 24 hours, uh, whether it's less than that or more than that, knowledge is happening exponentially, you know? <laughs> it's growing exponentially at this point in time. But just because there's lots of knowledge doesn't mean that we have wisdom. And we can never know anything. The Bible tells us in Corinthians that like in this world, we know in part. In part and we know in part. It's not till we're standing face to face to God that we're truly going to really understand what we know and don't know. But here in this world, we're never going to know everything. I'm so thankful we live at this time in history. I'm so thankful that we have the knowledge that we do. But I'm also aware that I cannot know everything. And so I've got to you know, be okay with not knowing everything, with not being able to do everything, but be okay with the thing that, Lord, I need to do what it is you're asking me to do. I need to be involved in the things you want me involved in. I need to be who it is that you have called me to be. And, and when, we can, when we can be okay with the fact that we can't know everything, when we can be okay that we can't do everything, then we can be okay that, you know, there's things in this life that we're going to miss out on it suddenly becomes a whole lot easier to live that quiet life. It somehow becomes a little bit easier for us just to find rest for our souls. And be like, you know, Lord, if, if I need to be there, if I need to be involved in something, you're going to make that way. 
you're going to make it possible. But then it's this beautiful thing where we can withdraw. Jesus didn't try to be the solution to everyone. I mean, by most of our modern standards, standards we would call Jesus a failure. He had 12 disciples, uh, you know, that he invested in and, you know, 120 people that would gather in the upper room. I mean, you know, by our modern standards of, of church and by our modern standards of really anything, we'd go, man, that's a, that's a significant failure. And so we either, you know, sit there and go, well, Jesus failed. Or we go, maybe we should reevaluate what success looks like. Maybe we should reevaluate what our lives are meant to look like. Because Jesus invested in those people who went on to change the world. Again, how many disciples did Paul have at the end of his life? We don't know. But it looked like in things that we read and that was written, there weren't that, that many. And, I mean, churches that he had planted, he's having to go back to, and he's, he's afraid. We see in his letters that he's actually afraid, oh, my goodness, I invested all this time in, and they may have completely fallen away. They may not be following Jesus anymore. And yet, here's this man so honored by God and who God used so powerfully to write Scripture that we see today. If we'll do the things that God has for us to do as opposed to trying to do everything, then what we do will be effective and eternal. You know, it's us learning to live not just for the moment, but learning to live for eternity. We see life in this small, tiny, microscopic blip that we live in, which is the years that we have on this earth. Yet God sees things in the expanse of eternity. And our, as Christians, we're to live for eternity. We're not living for now. We're living for eternity. And so we've got to ask the question, God, what is it you want me to do now that has eternal impact? That's not just having an impact in the moment, but that what I'm doing that impacts my soul and people around me for eternity. These are a lot deeper questions than what we, we, we ask most days. But we've got the time where we can start asking these questions, where we can be withdrawn and go, God, what, what actually am I doing with my life and with my walk with you? And is while I'm seeing the world, is it from a heaven's perspective? Or am I seeing it actually from the world's perspective? And ask God to lift your vision to see things like he sees them. Ask God to lift your vision so that you'll be able to live for him in even greater in greater ways. There's a few things that I'm going to finish with this. A few things I want to share with us in terms of what we can be doing in this time. Uh, first, first off, I, I just want to encourage you. You know, as I, I, I shared before, I am not someone that likes change. And, you know, this isn't a temporary change in the sense that it's not going to be over in a couple of days. It's likely not going to be over in a couple of weeks. It's probably going to take months before things return to normal. So I really want to encourage you, establish routines in your life. You know, if you've been not doing it, get up, have a shower, you know, get dressed or whatever, or you know, whatever you have a bath or shower, follow your, your routines you would as if you were going to work, you know, follow those routines, get, get dressed, don't just sit around in your pajamas all day. Why? Because these things just help us to maintain a bit of normalcy. The, you know, I really want to encourage you to be reaching out to people in this time. 
that you would be using the technology we have available to us, your, you, your phone, your, your video chats, whichever different methods. It's why we've put life groups online. It's why youth is happening online. Kids ministry is happening online so that we can be interacting. This is, these Sunday live streams are the least interactive thing that we're doing at this moment in time. And this is the only format that works for this. But with everything else, we're, we've made, we're using Zoom to make it extremely interactive and easy for people to be communicating with each other in this time. Those are a couple of practical things you can be doing to stay connected and to stay in routine. But now in our relationship with God, these are the things that I want to encourage us in in this time. I want to encourage you, you know, that you would, we would put some disciplines of fasting and prayer into our life. Not just for this season, but something that we can establish to be walking in and living in on a, on a daily basis. Or um, fasting doesn't mean on a daily basis, but on a regular basis, you know, in our, in our lives. It's an incredible time to be able to practice solitude and silence. Just being alone with God. You'll be amazed if you sit and try and pay attention to what runs through your mind. If you just try to do that, just sit quietly on the couch and just pay attention to what you're thinking, you'll be amazed at how many random thoughts come in your mind. And there's a wonderful thing where we can learn to meditate on Jesus and meditate on his word in this season so that our minds become a whole lot more focused on the right things as opposed to all the different stuff that comes at us. That, that can't happen without us withdrawing and practicing some solitude and silence. So if you're stuck at home in a small space with a lot of different people, maybe get up a little earlier, stay up a little later if that's what you need. In our household, my wife has her solitude and silence in the bath at night. That's like her time where she finally says, okay, no one can talk to me. I'm getting in the bath and that's her solitude and silence time. Whatever works for you. For me, it's me getting up before everybody else in the house and just being sitting on the couch and being quiet and alone. So, you know, for whatever routine works for you, I, I, it is such a crucial routine in us learning to follow Jesus. You know, a, a practice we can be putting in our life in this time is that of Sabbath, where we take a, a day of the week where we just really don't do anything. You know, you can't go and do anything on certain, so, you know, if you have a day, you can now take and just be like, hey, you know, I'm just going to, it's not about, you know, Sabbath is not about you sitting on the couch and, and bored. It's actually about you doing things that remind you of God, allow you to delight in God, but take you out of the, the consumerism and the distractions of this world. Sabbath is not a day to go shopping. It's not a day to do your online shopping. It's not a day, you know, to be, I'm going to do all my chores. It, it's a day to, to be with God and to do the things that literally delight your soul, that bring your soul to life again. So some of those things you may not be able to do in this time, but find those things, you know, in your rhythm of life, you know, that's in this season that delight your soul and, and take a day a week where you just do that, where you can connect as a family, you know, you can play board games together, you can tell stories, you can read the Bible, you can play games. There's so many things you can be doing as a family. If you're alone in this time, you know, there can be, it can be calling some of your favorite people. You know, if that's, if that's something that you need to delight your soul. But, but find the things that delight your soul and remind you of God and remind you of how good he is in this season. You know, we're forced to practice simplicity. We, we in this season. But may we come out of these few months going, hey, I can live life a whole lot more simple than I used to. 
and we can live life in a different way. You're being forced to slow down. Find rhythms in this time so that when things start up again, you actually have learned to live at a slower pace and you don't go back to the way things as they used to be. Be reading scripture. I want to encourage us as a community that we would be devouring the gospels in this time. We want to know the words of Jesus. And if, if there's, we, all scripture is good, but as knowing the words of Jesus, knowing the, the stories about Jesus. We want to be apprentices of Jesus. As disciples, we want to learn how he lived. We learn how he lived by reading the examples that we see in Scripture, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read them. Study Jesus. Learn to be like him. Learn what it is, he, how he taught us to be, because it's him that we're meant to obey. And, and read books. You know, in this time, it's a great time where you can study. If you like to listen to books, that's fine. Listen to them, read them, whichever way that you're able to gain wisdom. It's so important that we're able to gain wisdom from others as well as from the scriptures itself. I've got a few books I want to recommend to you for this season. You know, especially if you're dealing with any depression, anxiety, fear, I really want to encourage you to read God is Good by Bill Johnson. Amazing book to lift your eyesight and your perspective on things. If you are like me, that A-type busy person, if you're just caught, if you're like, man, I'm caught up in the world and I just, I don't even know how to slow things down, then a book that God put in my hands I want to recommend to you is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Cormier. Incredible, incredible book. Just finished reading it. I'm going to be reading it again. I think it's a crucial lesson for us as a community in this time. Then another book like that is called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. Again, excellent just in terms of us developing the spiritual disciplines in our life so that you know, we can live in the rhythms of Jesus. And the book that I most highly recommend of those, but the hardest to read, is, the Renovation, is Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard. Outstanding book, but where you know, for myself, I read pretty quickly. I could read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry in a week. Um, I'm still kind of page by page going through renovation of the heart, not because it's, it's too difficult to read, but because there's such depth in it. I don't want to miss what the author Dallas Willard is saying because he has such a clear understanding. God's gifted him in helping us understand how to form our spirits. Over these months, this is a time where our spirits are going to get formed where we're going to learn to live a whole lot more like Jesus, to become more like Jesus, so that when we re-enter society and we come into a new normal after this virus has been eliminated, that we do not go back in the same, that we go back in as even stronger disciples of Jesus, that we are a greater light to this world, that we are able to affect change in ways that we never believed we could before because we're standing on the solid rock of Jesus, that we've learned rhythms, uh, the rhythms of Jesus and we've learned to live like him in a whole new way. And so I just thank you for, for being with us this morning. I just want to pray for us you know, as we wrap up. And Lord, I just pray that these rhythms of life would become real to us. I pray that we would learn, Jesus, to follow you and to live like you and to be like you in everything we are, in everything we do, and in every way. I pray that for us as a community, we're going to come out of this time stronger in our relationship with you and stronger in our relationships with one another. But most importantly, that we will look, each one of us individually is going to look a whole lot more like Jesus 
in how we live, in the attitudes of our heart, and in how we order our lives. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. Have an absolutely amazing week. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you online. Take care.